chapter 1, verses 4 through 9, and continuing with verses 24 through 31. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech, with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one, no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Here ends the reading. Amen. Thank you, Terry. It is hard for us to understand that God's word would tell us that we lack nothing. But as human beings, we always have a good ability to realize all the things we do not have. But even though Scripture says we lack nothing, it tells us that God is a God of increase. And what does that increase look like? If we lack nothing, how could something increase? Well, how could God increase anything if we lack nothing? Well, then comes with spiritual growth, spiritual understanding, a spiritual desire to use what God's given us in a holy way, becoming more Christ-like. Amen. The God of increase should not be a new thought to a Christian. Paul's not talking to people who have never heard the word of God before. He's talking to this Corinthians in this church. The people that have been around the block a few times and been in the word and been in ministry. To the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. And yes, you can read between the lines and he could be a little frustrated. Imagine that. Spiritual leader being frustrated. If you go back to chapter 3 and verse 7 of 1 Corinthians, 
It says this, a reminder that neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God makes things grow. Again, giving us that direction that we may not lack anything, but we sure sure need a lot of growth. We sure need a lot of increase in our growth and in our understanding and studying of the Word and devotion and prayer life. All these things should be increasing as a Christian. We do not give to ourselves. We don't give ourselves life. We don't give ourselves our own talents. We sure wish for more talent. We wish for more ability. We wish to be a superstar or a super athlete. We don't even give ourselves these spiritual gifts we've been talking about this past month. But you and I and the people of the church, whatever and anything that we do on our own, with our own know-how and a little book knowledge and a little bit of understanding, still yet, we are nothing compared to God. We are nothing. It is a hard truth and reality. God does not need us. God does not need us. But yet He loves us and He wants us. He wants you to increase in everything of Him. Everything that is of Him. Spiritually growing in the name of the Lord. Because He is the God of everything. And because he is the God of everything, he expects a lot from his church. And that's why he's going to equip the church with irrevocable gifts. And it is the God who increases. And it is in those moments that we have the revelation that these gifts have been given. And it's a wake-up call. And that's why we've been studying them. To wake ourselves up to seeing these gifts. And I pray that you have had some spiritual growth and new understanding. It's been great, the conversation in the Sunday school classes and between the classes and within the group, within us as the body of Christ. As a church, our our human minds are so small, so small in the understanding of God's fully wide-range plan of increase as he sees the beginning to the end, because he is the beginning and the end, God has so much more for us. So much more for us to accomplish. I read about church startup in Houston, Texas. Article from a few years ago. The pastor, surrounded by a handful, just a handful of church leaders, and then they've been feeling this, this call to start a church in this community, to get a church going, to begin a gathering of believers. But here's the pastor and here's the church leaders. And here's the church leaders saying, we cannot afford, we cannot afford to think about starting a church. That's pretty negative, isn't it? That's short-sighted, small thinking, God's only this big in a box or something like that. But to say we cannot even afford to think about it 
That's saying we're not going to pray about it. That's saying, yeah, we have that feeling, but let's not act upon it. But in 1995, the pastor, with $3.17, went and bought a ream of paper. And with that ream of paper, he printed a few hundred flyers, passed them out to the nearby apartment complexes with the location and time, And that Sunday, ten people showed up for worship. And in those ten people, one made a profession of faith. One. One person. But what if they hadn't printed those flyers? What if they had said, ah, this is not the week to start? Well, they said, yeah, you're right. Let's not think about starting a church. I'm reminded that church waiting and holding back is not a viable option in doing ministry. Waiting and holding back is not a viable option in the eyes of God. God has blessed us. God has blessed you. We have spiritual gifts that need to be used each and every one of us. Because God uses people to do ministry. He uses people. Yes, he could develop an army of robots that would march up and down the hills and roads and streets and alleys, you know, just reading God's word and preaching the message of gospel of salvation through Jesus Christ. But he hasn't done that because he uses people. Everyday people like you and I look at Scripture from beginning to end. God used people. Noah built a boat. Abram and Sarah, they started the, next, their, the great nation of God at a late age in life. Mo- Moses led the people out of bondage. Was it easy? No. Was there challenging? Yes. Was there setbacks? Absolutely. Were these people still challenged in their spiritual walk? Absolutely. As I've been reading through the Old Testament since the beginning of the year, you know, I've been reading about the Levites working there with Moses. Do you know God called them to be the spiritual leaders? God called all the Levites. And he told Moses about it. He went and told the Levites. He told Aaron. These people are going to be the spiritual leaders. They didn't have a choice. They didn't have some kids, and their kids have a choice. Hey, I'm out of here. No, all of them, the Levites, they were the spiritual leaders and the ones to go to and dealing with all these spiritual things. God decided that. And God said it, and God gave it to Moses. Moses had to follow the details and all that it meant. And yes, I feel bad for Moses sometimes. The struggles that he had leading the people, murmuring and complaining, hungry and thirsty, and on and on. Of course, he got frustrated. And God says, hey, there's this rock over here. Come over here and let me show you this rock. And you just talk to this rock. Kind of reminds me of, of a wild, unruly cow. 
you know, she's half her coming in to milk her for the first time in the milking parlor. She's kicking and just mad as uh, a swarm of bees, and she's just kicking the door and just kicking everything. And what do you do? You try to calm her down. It's kind of like Moses talking to the rest. God said, just talk to this rock, and all the water you need will come out of it. God says, talk to it. Moses, he's still got the people behind him, gnawing on him, you know, out of frustration. He hits the rock. He strikes the rock. And God says, you only needed to speak to it. You hit it, and now you don't even get to go to the promised land. And guess what? Have you, you remember Aaron, Moses' brother? He don't even get to go. As I've been reading, Moses, Aaron, and Aaron's son, they go up on the mountain. God tells Moses, you take Aaron's clothes off, you put them on his son, and Aaron, you die. And he dies right then and there. Moses and Aaron's son goes back down the mountain. The people in great unbelief, mourning, distress, grief, and sorrow. The whole nation of people go into mourning because of Aaron's death. Again, when God gives us direction, when he gives us gifts, and when he gives us an increase, we better recognize it. We better turn it back to him. False teachings. Increase and increase and increase. Had the opportunity to work with some folks here at the church outside this week, a couple of trustees, and a couple of volunteers that came out. You know, and thinking about this increase of us being a brighter church and well kept and inviting and uh, just all that God wants us to be. It's great to be in those moments and around conversations with these individuals. So this past Wednesday, as we was all working outside, in the midst of the conversations, I don't know if you know Jim Skinner. Jim, raise your hand. Head trustee. You know what he said? When he, he said that when he was growing up, that his mother knows, noticed how bright that he was, so she always called him Sonny. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? He was so bright and so uh, just mama's boy that she called him Sonny. And I tell no lies. He said that. So bright and sunny. 
and it reminded me that well, that's what God wants to call all of us as the church. He wants us no longer be these half-hearted Christians, Christians who think they know everything. He wants to be the God of increase, making us bright and brighter and brighter and brighter. He wants to say, well, that's my Otterbein church. I just call them all, so they're sunny. Sunny sons and daughters of mine shedding that light into this community in which we live. And as we read in verses 29 through 31, God uses basic everyday things of this world to reveal himself and to reveal the truth. The world will not see this. What the world sees is foolishness. And what the world does is despise the truth. The world only sees as foolishness and the world despises the truth. We need to pray for the Holy Spirit to open their eyes, to open their hearts, to open them up to a willingness to understand. You know what? If the, world, if the Lord did not work in this way, do you know what would happen? If, if the Lord did not work through the basic things and everyday people and everyday leaders, what would happen? The popular, the strong, the most powerful, those of greatest influence, they would be the ones boasting as if they knew everything and everything evolved around them. They would be the ones proclaiming that whatever I say is the truth. And God does not work that way. I want to remind you today, and do not forget how important you are and how important your gifts are to the kingdom work that God wants done now and going forward. You remember Jesus... God sent his son to be an everyday carpenter. And then Jesus would go on to die in a most despicable way. Where the life and death of Jesus reveals God's plan and wisdom. Verse 30. But of him, meaning Christ, you and I are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. It all goes back to Jesus Christ being our Lord and Savior and us working and living for Him. Church, so when we talk about our spiritual gifts, it is not a time for us to boast or a time to say, look at me or look what I've done. It is a time for us that we turn to praising God and loving the Lord and being thankful for that opportunity to work for him. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, you deserve all glory. You deserve our honor. And I pray that in those moments where we would want to brag or boast, that we just would brag and boast about Jesus as our Lord and Savior and how you want to be the Lord and Savior of all people, of every life, young and old, now and forever. So, Lord, as we continue to allow you to mold and shape us, 
we continue to allow you to reveal to us our spiritual gifts. And reveal to us, Lord, how we can be plugged in for the ministry right here in this community. And may we look for opportunities to encourage one another. And Lord, I pray that the Outer Bind United Methodist Church would be a church that you could look down upon and say, look you there, all my sons and daughters, they are so bright and, sh- and sunny in the name of Jesus Christ, my one and only Son. Thank you, Jesus, and in your name I pray. Amen.